Welcome to another episode of A Beer with Atlas. I'm Rich. I'm Brian. And we're back in Texas this week. Our friend and uh, recruiter, Heather Kylan, brought us, this is one of the last ones she brought us, from the 903 Brewers. I gotta tell you, Brian, I'm not sure about this. Okay. Irish cream flavored golden milk stout. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a mouthful. That's, that's, uh, and it's in a can. Yeah. Which seems... I don't even know what to expect. Well, I don't know what to expect either because I thought we were doing a totally different beer. <laughs> so I'm on my roller skates right now. Uh-huh. Kind of like, remember on the Scooby-Doo? Uh-huh. Uh, at the beginning of the and there's like a little clip of Shaggy mm-hmm. and he's on the roller skates and he falls in the bathtub. That's mm-hmm. me right now. Uh, but I can't wait to, to get this one a shot because this brewery um, makes a ton of stouts. Really? A ton. So I have a whole bunch to go over. Uh, and I thought it was funny on his bio, the head brewer guy, he's like, anything hoppy. And he has like one IPA. Yeah. Everything else is stout. It's stout. Yeah. Did you watch the video on nope. there? Okay. I'm, I'm I'm holding off until we do this episode. Now, I think what we should probably do, and Dolan, maybe we should we should find a way to include this, as when we when we put these, so these go out on SoundCloud mm-hmm. and, you know, or whatever, like Spotify, the regular yeah. podcast channels. Right. But we also put it on YouTube. Okay. With just a static photo of, you know, the beer we're talking about or whatever. But then in the link, we should probably put a link to this guy, to the these videos that these, these oh, breweries yeah. that do. That we're always talking about that we watch right. and stuff. Yeah, that'd be cool. Because it's this dude sitting there talk with the stout in his hand. And yeah. you can just tell, like, this is what he loves to do. Okay. It's just, this is my beer. I love this beer. I want to drink this all the time. So this is what I make. Yeah, I, and I'm excited to find out about this. Just from what the beers were... I mean, already look at that. That doesn't look like a stout. No. It looks like a Pepsi. Mm. What's, Let's give it a smell. I mean, it's... Whoa. Gosh, man. I don't know. Okay. We'll have to... Yeah. I was almost off mic there. Dolan's it, giving me the stink eye. Yeah. Let, yeah. Me, let me swing back it's over here. Not very professional. Yeah, most of the things I do. Except for this. The drinking <laughs> part is pretty professional. Totally. Can you go professional in drinking? We're going to find out. Okay, okay. So, 903 Brewers, 1718 South Elm Street, Sherman, Texas. Um, yeah, I, I, once again, fell in love with the brewery. I, if I could go to Sherman, Texas, which doesn't seem too far from us. Really? Is it at the north part of the northeast. state? Northeast. So, okay. it's that's where the name came from. Named after the community. Like, that's a big deal to them. That's their area code, probably, or something? That's their area code, yeah. Okay. And it's the largest area code in the state. Is Dallas part of this? No, 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 oh, no. Oh, it's like, and size-wise, it's Size-wise, okay. yeah. Like, like area, not not people, but... Capita, gotcha. Y- there you go. So, largest, largest in the state, covers northeast Texas, and touches Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Louisiana. So it starts up top and it moves all oh, the way down. Cool. Texarkana yeah. area then. There you go. I've been through this then. Have you? Yeah. Okay. I've been to Texarkana. I've never, I don't think I've ever been close to Sherman. I think I've been, no, no, hmm. not okay. at all. So uh, owners, uh, Jeremy Roberts and his wife started homebrewing in 2009. Um, they've won two. Uh, so they're 10, they've been brewing for 10 years. Homebrewing since oh. no, 09. Okay. Oh, homebrewing since 09. Now, I couldn't find when they actually started the brewery. I didn't have a date on that. Right. But they've won two different Great American Beer Festival uh, uh, medals. Oh, okay. So 2015, they won for the Sasquatch Imperial Chocolate Milk Stout. Got a, some notes on that one oh, down here. Oh, boy. Yeah. And then uh, their Scotch Ale, Kilt Switch. Kilt Switch. Kilt Switch. Yep. Which is fun to say. 
Yeah, it's like, you know, kill switch. Kill switch. But, but it's, it's with a kilt. Kilt, and it's Scottish. It's that's, that's what I was going to say when you poured this. This mm-hmm. looks like a Scotch ale. It does. In color. Very caramely. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of biscuity looking. Smells let pretty it, good. You let it sit, and it smells like I smell honey to me. Different. Yeah. Don't you get honey yes. smell? All right, let's 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 taste it. Yeah, this interesting. Okay, um, you guys are gonna have to find a new producer. I am <sighs> going down to Texas right, right now. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and I'm gonna go and drink this and be happy for the rest wow. of my life. You know what? Probably they don't have this right now. I've never had anything like this before. That it's, first drink was like I've like never before. Yeah, it almost tasted like. This is—I don't know if this is the right description. It almost tasted like frosting. I think that's a really, but good not too sweet, Mm-mm. but just like a perfectly balanced punch of almost floral sweetness. Yeah, this, um, this reminds me wow. of just honey vanilla, like you know the honey sticks. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, that that. Well, I'm glad that you tasted the honey because that's what we did most <laughs> of my research on today. Holy mackerel! This, yeah, I, that's legit. This right here encompasses everything that I ever wanted to do with this podcast. Whoa. Like people listening to it, because I would have passed this beer a yeah. hundred times out of a hundred. Yeah. No way, this is not my style. I mean, just when you poured this, it was like, that is not a stout. I don't know if no. it is a stout. I mean, it says it is, right? It says it is. Uh, it doesn't look like any stout I've had, but I've never had a stout with honey put in it before. Dolan just finished his. It's, it's gone. Done. He's crushed it's the done. can. It's yep, yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> well, we're, we're lucky. We Just wish we had you know stay on that two side of the twelve table. ounces of yeah. that one. Wow. So uh, let's see. So nine hundred three Brewers is closed on Monday, but open Tuesday eleven to eight, Wednesday eleven to three, Thursday and Friday eleven to nine, Saturday and Sunday eleven to five. Hmm. Well, interesting. Short hours, some of those, but they have food inside. There's okay. a grilled. It's called the Grilled Cheese Company and Pie House. Sounds good to me. I think pie is a big Texas thing. It's got to be, yeah. I've seen some other breweries and stuff that have that, and like I know pie trucks pie. are a big thing. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, so the food's located inside the brewery. I couldn't tell. They have a separate website and everything, so I'm going to guess that this place is probably owned by somebody else or something. Okay, but they have it in there, so, so maybe they're like cohabiting the building or something. Sure, slightly different hours for the food. It, it matches up kind of. So, okay. so there you go. So I, I can't wait for this because I'm. I'm, I'm wow. going to let you talk so I can drink this. All right. Well, I did a little bit because I, when I found out the brewery, I, I went on the website just to see what kind of other stuff they had. Okay. And it was mostly all stouts, which I thought was funny because when I read his little bio, it just said, I love hoppy beer. <laughs> so the <laughs> first thing I wrote down was birthday Sasquatch, which is an imperial chocolate, toasted marshmallows, and double fudge stout. Now, Get. these are all canned, Get. 12 ounce cans. They're not like big bombers. No. Or, so I'm guessing probably very limited in amounts of these okay um because they make so many different kinds i'm gonna guess they're small super small batches and rotating through yep yep maybe i don't know what size of barrels i would guess maybe five barrel system they have this series which is a great name it's called down with the pastry archie so they're (laughs) pastry uh, stouts in a whole series but then there are also some that aren't stouts so they have a cinnamon roll cream ale and Get then they flip it, and they have a cinnamon roll stout. Get out. Cookies and cream, cream ale. Yep. Cookies and cream stout. Strawberry cake stout, strawberry cake cream ale. So they have, like, same flavors, lighter version, maybe? Yeah. And then if you want to pump it up, maybe it's something similar to this, because this is, says a stout, right? So yep. 
maybe imagine having strawberry cake infused in there. Uh, don't go start the car. <laughs> we can maybe make it by eight o'clock. We, if could, we, haul. we could make it. Um, uh, with the way I drive, that's a guarantee. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that little lead foot. Well, actually, we'll, we'll just have Seitner drive. We'll get mm. there even faster. That's oh, true. Yeah. That is a good you idea. You tell him about some of these beers, and he would. So We could hang that empty can on a stick and put it in front of the windshield, and he would drive <laughs> us straight to Texas, I think. Um, I wrote this one down, Irish Car Bomb Stout. That's kind of how the description was for Get out of so here. So that's that. They have, um, let's see, they have lactose added into these. To make it smooth, the other ones I wrote down: Vacation Mode is a chocolate coconut stout. Okay. Winter Sasquatch. I very would like to try this one very much. <laughs> it's a spiced winter stout. Has aroma of chocolate chip cookies, which okay, you've got my attention. Sure. And it has some like winter berries, so probably some cranberry, uh, cinnamon, clove, and vanilla are the flavored. That's the spiced portion. So it's like what? a gingerbread basically yes. in a stout. And those are some of my favorites, but they're hardly ever uh, out or around. I think uh, Zipline makes one, something like that. Mm. Uh, they have Wonderland of Milk and Honey, which is another Christmas one. It has chocolate, vanilla, cinnamon, and honey. Then the Kilt Switch we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, Sasquatch is this their Imperial Chocolate Milk Stout. That's probably the one that's their base beer. They started out with a lot of those. Okay. And then they make something called a Beer Mosa, which is an orange IPA. Mm-hmm. They had a Mexican Cerveza, they called it. And then they had um, just a single IPA. So that was most of their uh, roster that I saw on their wasn't, website. Wasn't their, their Mexican, their, it was called beer, or Cerveza Por Favor. Yep. That's... And they had a cool logo. It had a, like a sugar skull with a big old hipster beard on it yeah. on the can. They had a t-shirt I saw. I was perusing the shop. Looking for hats, but have yeah. you ever noticed on some of these? Like we really just we just gush, and I'm just I'm embarrassed sometimes that we just gush about. It. Like we I don't even know who the fuck these guys. It's exciting. Are. But there it know. went. There yeah. it went. Yeah, there we go. He's excited. Number three. Amber, there we go. Amber Salcedo. I know. You heard right? that? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, For all you know what? I I think it's it's easy to feel that way because people are passionate about what they're doing, mm-hmm. and we can tell, right? You can see it on this guy as he's sitting there with his. Whatever stout he's drinking, mm-hmm. it's the Sasquatch, I think, and he's talking about it. And it's like, I, I don't want to compare it to his marriage or whatever, but it's like right. he's talking about his kids. Maybe he's right. like, you can tell he loves what he yeah. does. That's that's very attractive and appealing. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you didn't care, you wouldn't go to the effort he's done just for li- like the labels and logos. I mean, look at that. Yep. It's got the Irish colors. Yep. There's a little B on the bottom. I saw little bees down there yeah with the for the honey it's got the 903 prominent it's got like mm-hmm. a milk bottle i mean mm-hmm. if you didn't care about what was putting in there and then no. he's not going to care that much about what the label looks like and i think that's a pretty pretty cool one pairs well with bangers and mash corned beef and pots of gold oh corned beef corned beef it's not even march and i want that yeah, like that, this. Mm-hmm. that sounds good yep man oh interesting man. well i have the most left so that's cool Keep drinking, keep drinking mm-hmm. there. Oh. Um, so I was like, what am I going to do research on with this? And I'm, I know we have some other things in the works that involve honey, mm-hmm. hopefully. Sure. So I didn't want to go down that route totally. Okay. So I thought, well, what makes honey? Bees. Bees. Because there's a, there's a bee on there's the There's a bee right on can. there. There's multiple bees on the can. Yeah. So I went with Texas bees. And it's kind of the history of beekeeping is, is the way I went. Because I was like, I don't know anything about this. I don't either. No. So bees in general, Texas bees, I'm going to speak about today, but mostly bees in general, they were not indigenous to the United States. They were brought over by the Spanish missionaries. Hmm. Um, And then 
a little bit later, European settlers, like in the mid to eight, late 1800s, when they would come here, would bring bees with them, hives of bees. That would not have been a comfortable boat ride. Uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was yeah. like, how are you stuck on a boat for months? With, with a bunch well, of bees. I'll tell you. Okay. In just a minute. Um, let's see. Okay, so in 1842, this, this uh, German guy rolls up to Texas. We've heard this story before, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Germans in Texas. Yep. His name was Wilhelm Brukish. B-R-U-K-I-S-H. God, they have good names. Yeah, they do. Strong. Uh, he was kind of credited with bringing bees and beekeeping to Texas. Okay. Um, he wrote a book in German on like how to do it, basically. Mm. And he introduced this thing called the box hive with removable frames. So that's like the beehive we think of today. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, okay, well, what was there before? And this is how they brought the bees, and this is how most everybody did it back then until this invention came out where you could pull out the hives. Like you see on TV. Right. I yeah. mean, that's basically the same design as this guy was promoting back 150-some years ago. Good job. They used to use something called the log gum hive. Log gum? gum G-U-M, yeah. Okay. And okay. what that was is basically a tree, black gum tree, that they would cut down big logs out of and kind of hollow it out. Mm-hmm. And then there would be this sticky stuff inside. And they would put a, um, a hole in the top and a hole in the bottom. So like a hollow log, basically, sure. this kind of tree. Yeah. And then um, introduce bees into it and then put a stick or a couple of sticks on the top so that they could attach their honeycomb to it. Sure, yeah. And then the bees would stay in there. They would, like, close it off, and they would so there would be a little bit of circulation on the top or whatever, mm-hmm. and then they could let the bees in and out. Um, but they would just, like, close them off. And um, that's what they used over in Europe, and that's probably how they were transported, and that's what they used in Texas and on people's farms okay. all the time. So it was like small-scale operations. Like right. you as a farmer would have two or three of these on your farm mm-hmm. at any given time, and you'd get your honey for the things that you used it for, just like sweetener, and then they used the beeswax to make candles and stuff. Right. Uh, but when that was over and the honey was gone, basically the way to get the honey out is you had to kill all the bees. Like, there was no way to open it or take it out. So you basically killed your mm. bees for that, that log, right? Mm-hmm. And then you had to go to the next and the next, and you're always doing that. Mm-hmm. And so that was, you know, as business goes, that's a bad business idea. Right. right? And you can't, like, grow that into, like, an industry at all. No. So this hive that they created was a way that you could take out the bees, remove the stuff you want, and put it back, and not actually hurt anything. They'd just be mad and have to start over. Right. Okay. So... That happens in, he gets here 1842 to the United States. Um, around that same time, 1857, they come up with something called foundation comb, which is like old beeswax that they've kind of formed into a, the beginning of a beehive colony thing. Okay. So that the bees, once they go in there, they're like, oh, okay, this is already set up. Let's just mm. hammer onto it. Sure. So it's like artificial beehive is what they started there. And then this is, okay, so 1857 was that. So that's pre-Civil War. Mm-hmm. Which just blows my mind that they're doing this then. Right. Uh, they made a, an extractor, which I couldn't find out what that was other than a thing to pull the um, hive shelves out. Okay. So a way that you could pull that out without getting stung. Mm. And then by 1870, they had come up with the bee smoker that to you see now to puff the smoke in there. It kind of makes them tired. Makes and, them docile. Yeah, and they don't bite you so mm-hmm. much. And then Or sting, either one. Yeah. Is, yeah, exactly. And then like by 1860s, um, they were importing into Texas these queen bees from Italy that were known to be more docile. So okay. they were like a little bit easier to handle and be around. They weren't going to get stung so much. Mm. 
And then I think that said from 1860s all the way up until 1945, um, they did like some surveys, bee surveys, mm-hmm. I guess. And they found out 97% of the bees in Texas were now this breed from Italy. So they've kind of taken over everything and okay. became very gentle by that time. Oh. And then, um, as you know, kind of in Texas, that seemed to be as uh, Dolan probably doesn't remember this scare, this craze was the killer bees. Remember that mm-hmm. in the 90s? I remember that in the 90s, like being all over TV and stuff. Like the everyone was scared of bees and they, because were, they were all killer bees. They were killer bees. They came from Mexico. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I have some information on that, too, and I'll I'll get there. But that's the timeline. That's up into the 90s. Um, so 18. When did they come up with that artificial? The foundation, the like the honey comb yeah or the new um the hive yeah the new it was around 1857 1857 so before atlas i worked at the local community college here Mm -hmm. and we had beehives there and i actually did an episode about this yeah and Mm. that method it was used there still today this is two what the gum the log gum hive one no the artificial the artificial beehive yeah Yeah, the the beginning stages of it and it was really cool because you could just pull it out and and somehow the bees just knew like oh this is the beginning stages of it even Mm -hmm. though they weren't a part of that they just took it on that's cool yeah some of the work for them they were just like hey thanks a lot that many years and that that process is better. It's the same, 160 years, yep. almost crazy. Yeah, I'm glad you got something cool. out of college, Dolan. That's that was the good. one thing. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> and a taste for this beer, apparently, because his, his is gone. Oh, his is yeah. gone. Mine's almost gone too, and I'm really sad. I'm just thank you, just sipping. Heather. Thank you, if you could send us more of this, somehow. yeah, probably around February. I'm going to guess it's in the marketplace, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we'll have to plan probably. that a little better. Yeah. Um, I talked a little bit about what they used it for, which was candles, and they just ate it. Um, oh, it's um, a migratory. They call it a migratory operation when you do this on your farm or for a living. Okay. Because you have to move the bees to where the stuff is, right? So you're, you're like, you might have a bunch of acres mm-hmm. and different flowers and plants are blooming at different times. You move your hive to those areas. So you're always, um, they don't just stay in the same place and sure. just always make honey. You have to like take the bees to where the stuff is at. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, and then the other thing I found, which is kind of cool. Uh, they had a breakdown on this website I was reading about the different kinds of honey you can get in Texas. Okay. Because, uh, I don't know, we'll get into more of this if we ever get to do a mead episode, but um, where you your flowers are or where your bees are from, it, mm-hmm. it changes the flavor of the honey and the look of it. You've said that before, and I think that's super interesting. And that's what I found here. So, like, in Texas, there's these are plants and then flowers. So, some of these are wild, and I'll go through those real quick. These are wild plants or flowers that bees use to make honey with, right? So they have horse mint, mesquite, which we're familiar with, Mm -hmm. wahia, guayacan, white brush, oh boy, gallardia, sumac, and rattan. That's the wild ones. Okay. And then cultivated ones. These are ones that people are like in charge of to make the bees come. There's cotton, like the cotton plant. Okay. Um, White and yellow uh, sweet clover, and then fruit trees are big ones. So... Hmm. Any of those things in any amount changes the flavor and the the look of your honey. So that's something that um, people are always like tinkering with and toying with. Right. And there are basically like craft beer people, but in, in the honey world, tampering and, and tinkering and being like, okay, well, if I had 17% of this kind and 27, mm. I make these blends and they charge a lot more. People still use that log gum thing I was talking about. Sure. 
but it's super labor intensive. They're not, they don't necessarily kill the bees anymore. Okay. Um, but it's a lot harder than the way that have, they have been doing it mostly. So the people that make that kind, it's like a specialty, like a subgenre of this, and they charge more money for it because it's like more hands. You couldn't just like pull, like take it out of the top or something. It's hollow still. So yeah, I guess not. From what? Because the honeycomb just grows into that whole thing, so you have to like cut it open basically to get it out. You can't just take it out. It's like attached to the wood itself. Okay. So you're having to like chop it up basically. It's from what I could tell. Makes sense. and that's how that that's how that comes. But, hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then I wanted to go over just a little bit um, of more of what honey is in, besides this delicious beer, mm-hmm. cosmetics. What? So yeah, really? your, your I guess lipstick maybe your lip balm, Burt's mm. Bees. Everybody's familiar with mm. that one probably. Yep. Toothpaste. It's in shoe polish, vinegar. Um, it's used to ter- treat tobacco leaves and pipes. Okay. It makes things watertight or uh, waterproof a lot of times. It's just that waxy paraffin film. Okay, the 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 the, the comb does not. Well, the... some of the honey is used for that too, because oh. it has that same property. It's just in a different. Um, it's liquid versus a solid. Okay. Right. Okay. And then beeswax is used to waterproof fabrics. It makes candles. Um, they use it to make that foundation comb we've been talking about. So mm-hmm. they take old old and press it together. Um, castings for foundries. So like even little pieces that things are made of mm. so like they want to make a screw or something they make a mold of it with mm-hmm. this moldable beeswax and then they can produce metal things with the with the mold interesting dental impressions okay so you get teeth worked yep. on they press that in there and then floor and furniture polish is also beeswax interesting yeah you know what i've seen that in on the store like right on the mm-hmm. label beeswax say beeswax yeah. or whatever that's what makes me sad about because you hear about bees going extinct mm-hmm. and whatever like i don't think people fully understand like what would be gone yeah if bees weren't here for sure like i mean not not not, yeah all those products and stuff but then just flowers and like yeah trees things aren't pollinated things don't grow right yeah it's it's kind of a big deal bees have a pretty important job well to your point um in 1970 in texas they were a top 10 state for honey in the united states right okay and their queen bees were like world renowned because they're this italian strain that have been a hundred years in, mm-hmm. in Texas, they started selling them and shipping them to different countries so that they could have this kind of bee. Okay. So they were shipped to England, France, Sweden, Finland, Australia, New Zealand, and Iran were the ones I found. Those in the seventies, mm-hmm. 1986, there was 190,000 bee colonies in Texas. Jeez. By 1998, there's only 110,000 colonies. So in okay. two years, they lost 80,000 colonies That's of bees. That's a lot. lot. That's a lot. And then we talked about the 90s. The killer bees rolled up. Um, this would be, if I had a way to like have somebody make a documentary, mm-hmm. I would want to watch this. Okay. The beginning of the killer bees. 1956. Okay. These are Brazilian bees. They're in a like a research center, and they escape. They get out. This is the Netflix show. Don't you think? Absolutely. It's like Chernobyl, but with bees. With bees. Yes. I want to know. Who, there's one guy that's responsible for this. Yeah. There's one guy yeah. that dropped the jar, or there's one guy that left the window open. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's one guy. Yes, that that is in charge of this. Yep. So these bees get out, and then they meet meet with and mate with um, the European bees that were you know brought by the missionaries and stuff that were now in the area, right? Doing their actual work, and they join up and make babies. Mm. That's a whole different subject for Dolan to listen to later. Um, I but, bet those bee parents were mad at those kids for getting mixed up with the wrong bee crowd. Probably. Yeah. They came back with tattoos. And, mm, it's you know. like that movie, the bee movie. The b- 
I pr- I'm pretty sure it's like that. <laughs> I bet it's exactly with like Jerry it. Seinfeld. <laughs> Jerry. Um, so then these bees, everybody talks about their killer bees. Well, they're not any more potent than a regular bee. Okay. They're just more aggressive. They were like swarmy. Yes. Yeah. So like they would, they very much protect their area, their colony mm-hmm. and their hive. So if you got too close, you're mowing and you bumped over the ground mm-hmm. that they were in, uh, they would, they would basically all sting you until they were dead. Mm-hmm. Like they don't stop. They Kamikaze you away. Bees. Yeah. yeah. Where yeah. the other ones are kind of like, meh, you're not really messing with me. We'll leave you alone. One or two would get pissed and, and sting yeah, you. Yeah, you might get two stings, but these kind, you get like 200 stings. Mm. And if you're allergic, you're done. But sure, in yeah. the 90s, there was what I could tell. Um, let's see. 1990, the first bee was found in Hildalgo County, which is in southern Texas. Okay. And by 1991, there was 25 colonies of this kind of bee in Texas. In 92, there was 18 counties in the whole state that had these so it's really growing rapidly mm-hmm. and then by 94 there's one death and 190 attacks and that's about probably when we get picked pick it up here in nebraska as far as like national news right the bee scare everybody's yep. gonna get stung yeah so that's what i know about that's, bees wow i i guess I, I i remember that so i graduated in 92 i remember that vividly Vividly, like mm-hmm. that was, and of course, then I mean, every bee was the killer bee, right? And you're, yep. you're gonna die. It was or, just gonna or, be just a matter of minutes before they got to here, yeah, you know, to the Midwest. Yeah, yeah it was something, it was weird. It was, you know, one of those things people are scared of that they don't understand, but there yep. was no internet, no, so it was just word of mouth, I suppose. It's Fred. what, uh, it's what the nightly news told us, or whatever, yeah, oh, yeah, time, for right? sure. I mean, yeah. that was it, yeah, national news was mm-hmm. all about this, yes, so. That was that was you know entertaining ish. We mm-hmm. learned a couple things, but I was like, well, what else? I like to do a little bit something more fun too. Okay, you know, all right. And I was reading that guy's bio. Yes, and he had a quote. Yes, he did. He did what was his quote? His quote was, "Hey, you guys." That's right. Yes. So we're going down the Goonies. Oh path. man, this is awesome. So you and I are going to be like, oh yeah, yep. And Dolan's going to be like, what? Have you seen the Goonies, Dolan? I have seen the Goonies. Okay, good. And you know what reminds me of the Goonies every time I watch it? Hmm. Stranger Things. It, there's a lot of parallels. Well, there's I'm a little... sure that's not on accident. You know right. what I mean? Yep. They're going for that Spielberg feel, mm-hmm. poltergeist and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got some, so we got a little factoids here for us. All right. About Goonies. So I, I try to pull some things that average viewer wouldn't know. And then there's some like super nerdy things in here. Awesome. So we'll just kind of talk about it. Was awesome. this a movie that you grew up with? Were oh. you a little too old for Goonies? No, no, no. This right was, in your this, wheelhouse? Absolutely. Okay, so in my basement, um, I have there's a lot of baseball memorabilia right. and stuff. But on the on the TV side, I have some movie memorabilia and stuff. Uh-huh. So and one of the things I have is copper bones. I have a replica of copper bones. And yeah. then one of the one, a replica of one of the coins, like of the treasure, nice or whatever. And then a map that you know the map that's all burnt and yeah. whatever. So it's in a little shadow box. Well, let's start with that map. Okay. 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 So the map was prop created, right? And the prop master was like, "God, this thing." Actually, I think it was the maybe was it the prop map? No, it was somebody else in the movie, like a producer or a director, maybe mm-hmm. even did this. He's like, "This doesn't look old enough." Mm. So he he spent like eight hours oldifying it i'm aging, making this word up sure aging it yeah coffee grounds mm-hmm. um oldifying and he still oldifying. wanted some blood he wanted blood on the map oh sure but the prop department was out of blood okay so he cut his own hand and dropped it on the thing get out that's of here. for real awesome put it on the edges at the end of the shoot they gave this map 
to Sean Austin. What? He got to take it home, right? Really? Well, years later, he's moved out. He's doing his thing in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's shooting Rudy. Who knows by sure, this point? Sure, His mom, she's a famous movie star. Did you know that? No. Patty Duke. No, you're making that up. No, that's his mom. Really? Well, guess what? She's cleaning out his old room, and she's like, what's this trash? She threw it away. What? So the original map given to him was thrown out by Patty Duke in the 90s. What a typical story. Like, my dad threw away all my baseball cards. Exactly, right? Or grandma or somebody. Yeah, his mom threw out the map from Goonies. It's gone. He'll never find it again. Holy cow. There's a scene towards the end of the movie where they're on the beach. It's after they've gotten out and the police come. Mm -hmm. Um, The director of the movie, Richard Donner, Mm -hmm. you know him. Yes. He does, uh, what, Superman? Yes, yes. He was a Superman director. And should have done Superman too, but that's that's another story that, for another yeah, day. Different beer probably. But yes. he, he shows up. He's in a cameo. He's one of the cops that rides up on the ATV. Richard Donner. He pulls up there. I didn't know that. And then they're talking and the news reporters are like, wow, were you guys really scared what happened? And, and Data says, we were really scared of the octopus. And everybody's like, what? Yeah. There was a scene. Yes. With, with the, the octopus, octopus. Right? And they cut it out. Because it looks so fake. For real? That's yeah, why they cut it out? The, the octopus looked really terrible. Uh, and they're like, no, we can't have this. So we cut it out. But they didn't change the dialogue. <laughs> Which is weird because it was, I guess from what I read, it was one of the only movies shot in sequence. Oh, Usually they're sure. kind of picked and put and then they put it all together. But yep. this movie was shot in order. So they could have taken that dialogue out, I guess, at the edit. Mm. But then they left it. So they... So there's a, a a throwaway line kind of referencing a scene that never is in the actual movie. That wasn't there. But if you watch, like, the Blu-rays have it in there. Like, yeah. you can go watch And if you look at scenes. the stills of it, you're like, you made the right choice. Yeah. yeah. Um, everybody probably knows this. The ship, the pirate ship, was a real ship. Yeah. They built it. took two months. And the kids weren't allowed to see the ship. So they're, he wanted their real reactions yeah. to when they slid out of the water slide and then they're in the water and they're looking at it. Yeah. Uh, and th- that's what happened. Except the first take, uh, I think it was maybe Corey Feldman. One of the kids said, holy shit. And they're like, we can't use that. We can't cut, have that. Cut. So they had to change it. Yeah. So they took that out. Uh, and then there's another scene, I think, where Data is... He's falling from a, like in the cave, he's falling down. Okay. And his line, he was supposed to say, holy shit. Yeah. Uh, but he promised his mom, if he got to do the movie, he wouldn't swear. He wouldn't curse, yeah. So he had to say, holy S-H-I-T, as he's fallen down. So he spells <laughs> it out, kept his promise to his mom. So that's good. Yes. Uh, Spielberg directed two scenes in the movie. He was like producer and he he's credited with the story idea. Yeah. Didn't write the movie. Hmm. But he shot the scene where they're banging on the pipes mm-hmm. uh, underneath Fratelli's like hideout place, yep. and then he shot the scene where um, they're in the the wishing well, yes, and they're yelling. At, he's yelling down at her. And oh he's So those are Spielberg's scenes that I'm, he shot. I'm somehow not surprised by that. Those are yeah. classic scenes, right? So yeah, those were those were his. Uh, this is in the same world as Gremlins, the movie. Really? Yeah, because um, the, when they call the cops, okay. And he's saying like, oh, um, there's these guys that kidnapped me and there's a monster in the basement. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we've heard this before. What are you, if you feed it after midnight, it's going to change or something like that. They, oh. They've referenced Gremlins. The cop is like, oh, I've heard these prank calls before. Nice. And Corey Feldman's in both those movies. Yep. Chris Columbus wrote both of these. So he he's the screenwriter for Gremlins and for this movie. So he's the connection. I can't us. say I knew that either. I didn't know that. There's a scene where there's a ton of bats. Okay. 
and those bats were just black bow ties with some cray paper stuck to them and they shot them through like a leaf blower so that <laughs> like, ah, those fake bats um, movie magic sloth right sloth. he was ex-football player he was the first overall pick in like 1973 played for the oakland raiders and won two super bowls his name was john matusik jo- yeah so he was sloth how did i not know all of this he I- wore a raider oakland raiders shirt in the movie. He did. For most of the mm-hmm. movie. That was his nod. And then the end, where he's on the pirate ship, rips it off. Superman. Superman. And that's a, a nod to Donner. To Richard Donner. Good job. Took five hours of makeup to change him from what he looked like to, to the sloth that we know. I can see why, yeah. And then, let's see what else. June 7th, there's Goonies Day in Astoria, Oregon. So it was mostly shot in that area. And we'll put a link to this in uh, in, in the description one of our travelers, John Farnsworth, and his family accidentally ended up really? in, in that town on that day. And they were big. And his wife is a huge Goonies fan. And That's awesome. Blew their mind. That would be amazing. I've actually, I've actually been out there um, a little bit south, though. Do you know? Do you remember the scene where they have the the coin and there's the three holes and they're supposed to match the mountains with it yeah. or match mm-hmm. the rocks? Yeah. I should say. So oh, with I was, the key, yeah, 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 copper, yeah, yeah. Copper bones. That's yeah. the copper bones. Yeah. yeah. So um, I was on the beach where those three rocks are. Nice. Wow. Yeah. It's super pretty out there. Wow. It does look nice. Um, here's one for the Star Wars nerd and you. Yep. Uh, at the end, the model ship, they it's sailing out. Mm-hmm. And there's a little, it's a, basically a model shot, right? Okay. Of the boat. And there's a tiny little R2-D2 hidden on the deck of the boat. No. Yeah, it's right behind the mast. So if you look close, you can see an R2-D2. Yes. And then um, One-Eyed Willie's real name. Okay. William B. Portabelle. Okay. Because he was supposed to be named after like Portobello, like Panama, which was, I guess, where a bunch of pirates were hanging out in the 16, 1700s. Right. So that's his name. Hmm. Uh, Goonies 2. Okay. Never was released as a movie. No. Was on Nintendo, though. Did you ever play Goonies 2, the Nintendo game? So the story, I, I believe I probably have. Yeah. So it's basically the kids in another kooky adventure... <laughs> Have to get away from the Fratellis again, and they have a fr- another friend this time. It's not Sloth. Okay. It's a mermaid. No. And Goonies 1 was never released. The Nintendo game was never released in the United States, only in Japan and across in uh, Europe, but that version never got here. And then Goonies 2 was released as a Nintendo game in the United States, but kind of fizzled out in the movie. was never, they never I, made another I one. I guess I didn't know that. We'd need our friend Phil Sweeney here to back this up. I guarantee you he's played that game. Probably. Yeah. He probably owns it. I have a feeling. He probably owns it. Yeah. So I think that's I think that's everything I have. Gosh, you got anything that you know that I didn't cover? You know that it's one of those films that you just have to see. Yeah. If you haven't seen The Goonies, then mm-hmm. I don't I, I I don't know if I can have a conversation with you. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I mean that's like people are like oh, I haven't seen Star Wars. Well, I mean there's there's so much of that. I mean it's just perfect nostalgia bomb, you know, for us kids mm-hmm. that were in the eighties, and then like. Uh, what's the kid that did the truffle shuffle? What's his mm, name? Chunk. Chunk. Mm-hmm. That's the only movie he ever made. Me between the ages of eight and ten. That looked like you. Mm. <laughs> you were Chunk. Curly hair, Hawaiian shirt. I'd oh, like to see that. Yeah. That was his only movie. But then he became uh, an attorney. Went to law school, and then he wanted to get back in the business. So now he has a, a lot. He has a. He's basically an attorney in Hollywood for actors. 
So he like represents actors and like gets some deals. And so he's always been kind of stuck in there in the entertainment industry. And he looks just like one of my friends in Lincoln named Ken Morton. Like exactly. Like if you saw him (laughs) together, you'd be like, whoa, Whoa. that is nuts. You're grown Uh, up chunk. He thought he was going to get fired. He had the chicken pox. This is chunk, the actor. Okay. Yeah. So he didn't want to show, he didn't not want to go to work. So he came to work. So when he does the truffle shuffle, he's got chicken pox and you can see the chicken pox on his stomach. If you zoom in in the, in the shot, you can no see. No yeah, way. Because he was so scared he was going to get fired. He'd never been on a movie before. Sure. And then so, he was never on a movie ever since. And then he was like, no, nope, I don't want to do this no more. I wonder if like his clients have Chunk, like when it comes up on their phone, like yeah. if he's calling them or whatever. Hey, Chunk's calling. Maybe. Yes. I mean, he doesn't even look the same anymore. Well, whatever. He doesn't have any hair. It's kind of cool. He's he looks, bald? Yeah, he's like real skinny and bald. What's Data doing now? Do you know? I mean, what's that guy doing? He did a couple movies. Uh, I think he's actually... I, I remember reading this. I want to say he directs some stuff on TV, like maybe even a few episodes of Always Sunny or something like that. Oh. I wouldn't I wouldn't stake my life on it, but I think he's been behind the camera on mm. something like that. Interesting. Because I know that's where Fred Savage was for a while, too. He was yeah. directing yeah. Always Sunny. Yeah. That's kind of where he went. But yeah, he does that. I'm mean, obviously Josh Brolin. He, well, he's famous. Thanos. And, yeah. I mean, that's... Uh, yeah. He's been in only some of the biggest Marvel movies what else was the other right. one he was in right he was also cable there you in go the deadpool film that's yes. right yep yeah and he he, he worked as both of them at both of them yeah that's clearly he was a better i i don't know my opinion he was better thanos than he was cable but so yeah there it is that's just my opinion though well you know it counts for something you know about these things yes all right so untapped what do you think there's clearly this is a series, right? So this yeah. is just the Irish cream. Right. Yeah, we don't series. have the strawberry one or any of those other ones. Yeah. yeah. So, so this one in particular, the Land of Milk and Honey mm-hmm. Irish Cream flavored Golden Milk Stout. What do you think this was? Does how it many, have how many reviews? How many? Yeah. How many reviews does it have? Is it small, like two hundred? Small. Two hundred sixty-eight. Oh dang. Yeah. So not very many. Um, so it must have been a new one for them just this year. Okay. Let's see. Four point two. That's high. That seems real high to me. That's generous, yeah. I would say 3.82. 3.66, which I thought was low. Hmm. I thought that was really low. I'm yeah. with Dolan here. This is a 4.25 for me. Whoa. Without a doubt. I mean, wow. it's it could almost be a four and a half. If I had had one more, my finger, I just would have let it go from the 2.5 <laughs> like, to the 5.0. Like, yeah, okay, that's didn't fine. Didn't feel too bad about sliding yep. it there. Yeah, that's where it goes. Yeah, if we had had two of these, yeah, it's mm. probably a four and a half, or, huh? Yeah. I like that. Without a doubt, but with only 268 ratings, I mean, it's not that much. So, I, yeah, you know, small sample size, just one one person that mm-hmm. you know doesn't rate it on accident. I looked up the other one and I didn't write it down, but the other one had like thousands of right, like the original, whichever one, the Sasquatch. The, I think it was called Sasquatch or something. No, no, the original, the, the original Land of Milk and Honey. So the oh, one without the one the, that yeah, yes. the one I thought we were doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 8,500 ratings. Yeah, that's a lot. Um. Oh, wait a minute. One friend has checked this in. Oh, one of our friends down in Dallas. I was like, it wasn't me. Yeah, it wasn't you. <laughs> I was no. scared. Of, usually that's me. Well, no, it's not a five, so I knew it wasn't. Oh, five, snap. So, so there you go. Uh, 3.62 on the original one. So That's pretty good. But you know what? Here's what's funny about this as you as you look this up. 32 IBUs. Mm-hmm. This, was, this was not bitter at no. all. No. I mean, you, you almost have to have in the 20s to make a beer, really. Yeah. And then stouts usually have a few more. Um, IBUs just to get because of the the malts and all that good stuff the hops that they're in there so again there was nothing stout about this though no not at all I mean they do call it a golden milk stout right Mm -hmm. I've seen white stouts before that's very similar to flavor profile of this Hmm. 
Um, there's one that's in, uh, I think it's an Iowa brewery, maybe, or I got it in Iowa. Hmm. It's called White Buffalo, and it's a white stout, but it basically just, it smells like a stout, mm-hmm. and it kind of tastes like a stout, but it's it's golden in the really? color. So it might be, um, you know, something to take on that sort of thing. So correct me if I'm wrong, because I've heard, like, golden and cream, like inner uh you know what i mean used as the mm-hmm. same term like golden ale and cream ale are the same mm. is is that the same with the stout like is it a golden stout is golden a style that i don't think so it's not a style no mm. i mean the cream ale is a style right mm-hmm. so that's like uh oh the brewery from wisconsin that we always like new glaris new glaris remember yeah. how we mm-hmm. discovered that was a cream ale right which still blows my mind that and, that, uh, that, uh, that uh cow spotted cow yeah that's the one. Blows my mind. Um, and then they had a whole series of cream ales were takeoffs of this. So for these guys, that seems to be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, Does the golden part just refer to the color? I'm guessing then? it's just the color, and it's basically telling us we should not expect this to look like a regular stout. Makes sense. I, is, is how I'm looking at it now, now that we've poured it and drank mm-hmm. it, right? Um, golden, there's also... I think, does it Michelob has a like golden lager or something like that is on the label? yeah. Something like yeah, some something like that. So I'm guessing it's more of a color indicator versus an actual like flavor profile or style. Mm-hmm. That's just that's semantics for me, I mm-hmm. guess. I, I like I said this this one right here would be the reason why I wanted to do these in the first yeah. place. I would never ever ever have tried this on my own ever. Yeah, it's 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 really fun. I mean, just think about just today, right? So you mm-hmm. tried a beer you didn't try or wouldn't have tried. Mm-hmm. And you really liked it, right? Yes. yes. And we talked about stuff we had no idea we were going to talk about. Yes. I didn't even know we were doing this beer, really, until we basically <laughs> sat down, and then we learned about bees, and we learned about the Goonies. Like, yeah. That's great. What an episode. That, Absolutely. Yeah. Everything I ever wanted to accomplish with this, going into, is this episode 49, Dolan? Are we almost 50 episodes in? We're very close. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're close, but I don't, I don't think it's 49. I think it might be like 46, mm, 47. I don't know. I think this might be 48. 48? Because I think we're on 46 on Spotify. Oh. And I think we had, we got one that we did um, that had the, uh, oh gosh. The one when Sammy was here. Oh no! I thought we that haven't done that this, one. Well, maybe. All here's what we're I know. We're close. Here's what I know. I know that next week, yeah, we're recording number fifty. Yes, and that's important to me. Yeah, like it's I can't. It's important I, to everybody. Yeah, I can't wait. Like it's going to be. It's a. It's a big deal to me. Like mm. I've already started doing my research, like Whoa. a week out, right? When I normally would do it like a day before. Yeah. Or something so like this that. is a big boy. It's a big deal, and plus okay. we got to fifty episodes. Like I think yeah. that's 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 cool. I think so. So I, I'm pretty sure. Like this is this is number forty nine. Right I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah. Either way, either way, like this is why I always wanted to do these kinds of things to try this. And I hope somebody listens to this and thinks, you know, and maybe they go to a brewery and they see something that they wouldn't have tried otherwise. Yeah. And thought, I'm going to try that. Yeah, not necessarily the style or anything, but just, just you know, go for it. Anything, right. Yeah. Exactly. So, all right. Well, next week, big, big. I can't wait. <laughs> It'll be fun. Brian, we ain't going anywhere for a while. Let's have another one. <laughs> <laughs>